See this episode's show notes for our unique promo code to get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn when you sign up for a new account. Get your show on Apple and Spotify. Get helpful stats and all the support you need to sound your very best. This is Jed McKay, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 308, and you are with your high priest of Conchu, Ray. G'day, everybody, wherever you are. Um, we are back. I am back, as well are you, to um, look at another moonshine as a new comic book review. So uh, we'll be looking at Moon Knight, the annual issue one from 2022. Uh, before any of that, of course, a huge thank you to all our Patronis. Uh, thank you so much. As well as our top tier Patronis and principal sponsors, Odin, Odin Sword, Drew Terms, Daniel Doing, Frank the Think Tank, CLZ Comics and Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois. Now, we are live casting, um, as we do for all new releases. Um, so very excited to be here. Again, sorry, you are just left with your one high priest here, Ray. Go on, it's alone. Um, but I am not really alone because we have a ton of feedback to get through uh, for this annual, which is great. Uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, I want to shout out a big big thank you to new patroni dan newland uh, so dan welcome aboard i'm hoping you've been enjoying uh, the, the back catalog of exclusive content uh, hopefully you're enjoying the exclusive content coming your way uh, typically um, that would involve i guess videos of some episodes not live streams uh, that you can you can see uh, as well as bonus episodes in the future. So a huge thank you so much for your support, your patronage. Um, hopefully uh, we can make it worth your while as well. And just hopefully that you're enjoying the show too, of course. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we are going to look at Moon Knight Annual. It's it's down in, uh, in Marvel Fandom Wiki as Volume 3, Issue 1. Uh, so those of you who are kind of Moon Knight fans for a while, or have been for a while, you know that there have been annuals in the past as well. Um, and they're, they're usually a lot of fun because they're kind of one-offs. Um, there's a little bit more meat uh, to the issue, so they're usually a little bit larger. And uh, it's no different here as well. Um, we'll get to that, of course. Uh, now, a bit of, uh, just a very tiny bit of white noise. Uh, nothing too drastic. The only thing being that I have seen banding around the internet is that um, Oscar Isaac is still, he's kind of hinting again uh, towards uh, season two or there being works for Moon Knight 
uh, season two TV show or or an appearance uh, very shortly. Uh, we as loonies have been spectolating as to when this will be. It's been, uh, I think one of the articles said, yeah, it's been about six months now. We haven't heard a peep. Um, there has been that Instagram uh, video from Muhammad Daib's daughter with uh, Oscar Isaac on a boat as well. They're all in Cairo. We're all in, all in Egypt. Uh, and they've kind of cryptically said, well, why would we be here, you know, um, if we're not doing a Moon Knight season two? Uh, more recently, I think Oscar Isaac, who has been promoting, uh, Oscar Isaac has entered the realm of, of comics. Isn't that great? Um, but he is associated with a, a graphic novel or I think um, some um, some graphic novel, novels coming up. And in an interview with, um, I'm not sure which website, he was kind of teasing the fact that there would be uh, Moon Knight, that he would return in some capacity on screen. Again, very kind of cryptic. Um, we can't make too much of it, but the fact that people are still asking him for me shows that people still wonder or, or at least in some point have enjoyed the show so gives them pause enough to actually ask that question to Oscar Isaac when they do uh, albeit you know he was promoting a comic book so the associations are there but you know still I, I like to think that there would be something in the pipelines um, I am aiming for obviously I think a next appearance will be in the movies uh, we we may not necessarily get a season two for a while. Having said that, though, I'm going to um, just go off on a bit of a tangent. Uh, apparently, there are, they are in talks, um, Disney Plus or Marvel or whoever, of doing a, a Vision uh, spin-off from WandaVision. So we've, had, we've got Agatha Harkness. Uh, now Vision might get his own TV show. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about more TV shows, um, which is good as well um it may not necessarily mean the likes of uh moon knight miss marvel who have actually they've announced they're getting renewed for another season and she hulk say for instance they might be more towards the movies um but you know i'll get what i can take um hopefully we get to see moon knight again uh, we get to see a bit more of jake lockley and that sort of stuff as well Apart from that, loonies, there there isn't that much. We've been kind of blessed with uh, two weeks in a row of new content. So, you know, here's to many more. Um, like I said, when Rebecca returns, we might bundle up some appearances of his. Uh, most notably, Crypt of Shadows, I think, has uh, has popped up most recently. We might wait for a few more appearances before we cover that. But uh, apart from that, he's looking pretty healthy on uh, on the comic book front so i guess without delaying it any further let's let's get into our uh, moonshine review for this annual now i appreciate loonies that it may be a little bit early in the morning but please don't be shy to jump in as we say as I say this is a live stream very keen to hear your thoughts um, I've got some written feedback that I'll be going through but very excited at this moonshine this moon night annual uh, so 
as I mentioned, Moon Knight Annual Volume 3, Issue 1. It's titled Homecoming. It was released October 26th, 2022, and it's got a cover date of December 2022. We have writers Jed McKay, uh, Federico Sabatini on inks as well, uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, uh, Corey Pettit on letters, uh, and editors Martin Byro, Annalise Bisa, and Tom Bravort. Now we have a beautiful, I'm going to add this on, and again, since we're live streaming, I do have some visuals, so any references to visual aids, apologies to the podcast listeners. You can go check out our video anyway on YouTube or um, Facebook or Twitter. Anyway, uh, I've chucked up here the front cover by Rod Reyes. I'm going to say friend of the show. <laughs> he was one of the the very first... Um, yeah, he was one of the first um, creators that we approached to to at least give us a stinger or at least be associated with the show. He gave us a little, um, hi, this is Rod Reyes, uh, talking about when we covered Damnation all the way back March 2017, I, I think, or 2018. Um, so, yeah, Rod Reyes, some great art here for the front cover. Um and we have some variant covers, so I'm going to go straight into it as well. The first one is by Nick Klein. Looks absolutely gorgeous. I put that on our header photo for our Facebook group. Um, and also, hang on, let me just see if I can play around with this thing. Nah, that's not good. Raise a bit too big there. That's better. And um, so really looking good there, just Moonlight taking off. Um, again, I think it looks like watercolours or something. And then we have a 1 to 25 by none other than the maestro himself, Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh, so this looks beautiful. I mean, very ghostly, very spectral. 1 to 25, is there a chance that Ray will ever get a copy? I doubt it, but I am certainly going to look at getting the variant annual. I've already got the, um, the regular cover, but I'm hoping I can nab one of those Nick Klein ones. Very cool indeed. Uh, typically as well available at this moment on uh, in floppy format or on digital so you can pick it up digitally via kindle or um or through the marvel app um, so go check it out if uh, if the printed format is not your your to your liking um, so listeners what i will usually do is that i'll go through a bare bones or a synopsis. Those that haven't listened before, shame on you. No, only joking. Um, thank you for for tuning in. Uh, so what I'll do first, I'll go through a bare bones, um, and this time it will be from the pen of yours truly. Again, Wiki have, has let me down. At I could have cut a lot of corners and checked out them or Comic Vine. They usually do some pretty good synopses, uh, but I've had to fork out the the text myself so to speak so i'll be going through a bare bones uh then an overall impression what i thought of the annual uh, and that will be closely followed by aspects like key moments so i'm going to break down the annual into you know the moments that whilst you were reading were going okay this is bang this this is this is what this annual is all about or this is what this set piece is all about i'll go through that what stood out for me 
as well as any incidental uh, notes on writing, art, themes, characterizations, or references to other runs. Now, I just realized there's a note that I put in that I, I was meant to follow up on, and I hadn't. So again, if you're listening, or if you know, jump on in, correct Ray, or show that you know a lot more about Moon Knight than Ray, which, you know, there are a bazillion people that probably do, so <laughs> no shame there. Um, I'll end it with a, a rating, and of course, this will be from the patented Connor Shoes rating system. Now, for those of you that actually don't know or think that I am mispronouncing Konshu. No, it is Konishu. Um So Konishu was a, a, a fantastic um, original OG. He was the original co-host to the show. Uh, he did, you know, a fair few of the first, um, I think the first hundred or so shows. Um, fantastic. Um, a shout out to Konishu. How are you? Sorry, his name's Connor. I like to call him Konishu. I call them Konishu. Um but yeah, they're, they're just, they're fantastic. Um, and they came up with this rating system between one to 10 all with a particular description for each number. Uh, so you'll see what I have gone for here. Uh, yeah. So without any more babbling from Ray or rambling, thank you, Noel, I'm going to go into the bare bones. Here it is. Though Reese tries her best, she can't prevent someone from storming through the Midnight Mission, intent on speaking with Moon Knight. It's Marlene, and she demands Moon Knight's services. Their daughter, Dietrich, has been abducted by Jack Russell in what appears to be one aspect of a grander prophecy. Russell has since worked his way up to becoming the King of All Wolves, and his reading of the Darkhold has set about his mission to destroy Khonshu. It is revealed that werewolves and the Egyptian deity share a deep connection, one of servitude and lunar allegiance. Russell hopes to destroy Khonshu in order to free his people, and he needs both Dietrich and Moon Knight to do so. Moon Knight enlists the help of Hunter's Moon and the pair hurtle towards the werewolves' lair in a bid to save Dietrich and to stop the king of all wolves. Hunter's Moon is against the fact that Dietrich is an offspring of a Fist of Khonshu, as, a one of the, as one of the rights of being a Fist of Khonshu include a celibacy. To Hunter's Moon, Dietrich is an aberration. However, Mark trusts Dr. Badder to do the right thing and save Dietrich, while Mark seeks out Jack Russell himself. Khonshu goads Hunter's Moon to end Dietrich. In effect, breaking the prophecy, saving Konshu, and maintaining the rules of being an avatar of vengeance. In the meantime, Moon Knight tackles Jack Russell in the hope to stop him in his tracks. Hunter's Moon arrives with a blade to Dietrich's throat, threatening Russell that if you kill Spectre, she dies. Russell remarks he never wanted to harm Dietrich or any child, and eventually it is time that escapes them all, with Dietrich noting that the window in which to enact the prophecy has passed, the planets are no longer in alignment. With nothing more to gain, they depart, Moon Knight threatening Jack that the next time they cross paths, uh, it will be fatal. 
Back at the midnight mission, Mark considers Marlene and Dietrich to stay at the mission, or alternatively, rejoining Marlene and Dietrich as a family overseas. But Marlene is more realistic than romantic. Though they can never be together, they still can enjoy the small moments. So Mark, Marlene, Dietrich and Reese head out for ice cream, with Mark left to slowly come to terms with the fact that this will be all they have. So that pretty much sums up uh, this annual, uh, this 30 plus page annual. Uh, it's pretty chunky, um, full of information. Let me just pull it up. Uh, is that full of information here? Um, overall, overall impressions, I absolutely loved this. Uh, there's something about taking a break from the ongoing ongoing serial of a a titular series and just having a one shot which you know the bonus is that it it does factor in um, very little but it does factor into the ongoing um, plot and drama of the series but it's essentially its own thing and um, to have this kind of longer longer format um this uh, liberty or freedom of not being bound to an ongoing serial i i just really take two and i think jed mckay again has blown this out of the water i mean the fact that we get a very strong ongoing series with a particular theme and and um i guess arc to it for jed to tackle you know the old stuff because um, you know as much as we've been loving uh, the likes of reese and soldier one of the initial questions that we had was you know what of the supporting cast the traditional supporting cast of marlene uh, frenchie jenna uh, you know even dietrich as well and we, we did get mentions of them which kind of satiated uh, our wants of it and and um, it was overshadowed anyway with just how remarkable I think McKay has been handling this run. But now to actually have an annual, uh, a one and done story that brings in classic a classic character like Marlene and such a, a huge legacy character like Dietrich uh, is just, it was so much fun. I mean, I guess I don't know what to expect from this. Um, from the the front uh, cover, uh, it looked like almost a, an homage to Werewolf by Night 32, in the sense that we get the traditional Jack Russell, um, who, mind you, is very different within the pages. I'll get to that. But this seemed like that classic tussle between Moon Knight and Jack Russell. It was anything but that because, and we'll get into it, McKay interweaves so many things as well as bring he brings new things to the table which is i think just um yeah just kind of spell spellbinding i i don't know how to how else to describe it uh, so i really did enjoy this um this uh, annual uh, 
So I've got here up on the video, I'm not going to go through panel by panel, of course, I'm going to flick back and back and forth, um, depending on uh, my points. But the first thing I wanted to um, point out, um, and again, maybe I should read just this little blurb at the beginning. Moon Knight has sacrificed and endured much to establish his midnight mission and himself as a trusted protector of his neighborhood in New York City. In the process, he has also gained several new allies, including his vampire assistant Reese and fellow Fister Conchu Hunter's Moon. But Moon Knight's complicated past has a way of catching up to him. So yeah, th that's really enough just to give you a tease. Um, but yeah, that's how we, we are kind of framing this story. And uh, as the Bare Bones mentioned, that was the story that, <laughs> as I wrote it, um, the Bare Bones, I mean, not, not this story. But um, the, first, uh, the first point I would, is straight off the bat, we get within, like we get Reese running in, Moon Knight, just Mr. Knight, just doing his business around the Midnight Mission, bang. Page two, we get Marlene. And what a pleasant surprise this was. Um, we know that just from the nature of Marlene and Mark Spector and the relationship that, you know, there is going to be some tumult um, because uh, there, I mean, she mentions that they're off again, on again, off again, on again relationship. It's so complicated. It's, it's such a hard thing. You would not, um, you know, you wouldn't... Um, abuse what's oh, a word uh you could totally understand why marlene would leave mark and, and we see it like it's mentioned earlier in the mckay run that she and dietrich have gone overseas to get away from him because his lifestyle absolutely true uh is detrimental to their family life um but having said that so two things having said that it's great to see her back but two you know there's going to be some juicy like drama and issues ahead and uh, and again i think this story does it really well um so i mean as mentioned in the synopsis marlene is back and she wants moon knight mr knight to kill someone kill jack russell because he's he's kidnapped um they were in france and he's kidnapped dietrich he even goes as far as to tell marlene where he's hanging out so it's not hard for moon knight to track him down because he wants moon knight to to come to him i mean that's all part of the prophecy he wants that blood blood of the fist as well as i'm assuming the blood of his his offspring dietrich but great to see marlene back um art wise uh, she's looking very different but sabatini he's got a very stylized i guess he's got a, a stylized look to an extent and um i'm just harking back to the devil's reign moon knight um it's that seemed more so on the manga like anime side what i found with this uh annual and this is just purely an observation is that you sometimes get that like a more so well even here this this um bottom panel of marlene uh, but then you get like other different looks like even this page with mark specter or should I say Jake, when he takes off the mask, um, the face is very different, like a different style. Um, so I found that very noticeable. Um, Dietrich, as I mentioned, if I kind of forward ahead to 
podiatrist here as she's kind of waiting and hanging out with Jack Russell and he gives her a rap and you know he's actually been quite quite nice to her uh she's very kind of outspoken very I I think voice wise she's very good like McKay kind of captures her voice she wasn't developed fully really in the Bemis run but um but you get a sense of her you you know um she's got the dyed hair it's no secret that Bemis fashioned it after his own uh, dietress after his own daughter, uh, that kind of look. But she's got that kind of, you know, punky, semi-rebellious, cheeky nature. And she she very much captures it here as well, here and towards the end. Um, but yeah, uh, and then just, again, sticking to the artwork. Then I find, like, we get some really dynamic, like, comic booky looking artwork. Uh, so for me, there there's... There's a mix between, I'm going to go flick back to, say for instance, a couple of looks of, of Mark Spector or, or Jake there looking, dare I say, a little goofy. Then you have more of the, um, I mean, Marlene is drawn beautifully here, but but more of the manga looking kind of um, artwork again, as I said, like with Dietrich. Then you get this awesome dynamic kind of artwork of uh, Jack Russell and the werewolves. Uh, and you can see that throughout the pages that they that they show. Uh, really cool. So the artwork, it's not, I'm not going to say it's inconsistent, but, uh, and, and I enjoyed the artwork, of course. I mean, Mr. Knight and Moon Knight look fantastic. Uh, Sabatini does great work with that. Um, but I just see, I don't know, just see that like the styles of faces potentially look different. Um, and I'm not to say that faces should all look the same because, you know, on the flip side, you go to um, some artists who, you know, they make everyone's face essentially the same, just just different, uh, different hairstyle, different costume. Um, so, I, what I'm saying, I guess, is that uh, faces may change even within that same person um, from um, page to page here from Sabatini. Uh, but you know, overall, I really do, I really do enjoy the art. I mean, Rochelle Rosenberg again. The way she treats the glowing Mr. Knight and Moon Knight, the way she treats the moon is fantastic. So um, can't be faulted there. Uh, the second kind of aspect I wanted to raise was, I found it was very interesting because we haven't seen Marlene for so long, uh, was her talk with uh, with Reese. So once Moon Knight goes and, and teams up with Hunter's Moon, we get Reese and Marlene um, just talking amongst themselves. Uh, and, I mean, at first over here we see Marlene explaining basically that, Mark, this is all your fault. Again, because of your lifestyle, you know, our daughter is in danger. And she's absolutely right. Um, so uh, I actually put this in a note as um, one of those recurring themes of how Moon Knight's close friends are always hurt uh, indirectly by him uh, because of him being Moon Knight. Uh, it just actually with Moon Knight, it's a bit more complicated than that because you can arguably say a lot of heroes um, they you know their Achilles heel would be if villains went for their family or their loved ones. But I think here, and not in such a direct way, but um, Moon Knight, he he um, he brought this on Marlene and Dietrich. Um, there are, you know, 
there are more um, kind of solid examples of that in the Houston run where Mark himself pushes away, you know, Marlene or Frenchie. Um, he causes their life, makes their life a misery. There, there are examples when that's a lot more direct, but I think here that's what kind of McKay's uh, is leaning towards, like the fact that, as Marlene says, um, they took her because of you, Mark. This is your fault. Now, I don't... Having said that as well, um, you know, I don't want to sound harsh, but it's kind of par for the course as well. Like, if you look at other examples of Mary Jane, say, for instance, in Spider-Man, she knows uh, what comes with... Peter Parker being Spider-Man, her husband or ex-husband being Spider-Man, she she knows and understands that. I guess with Marlene, in here at least, in here at least, she she does not accept the fact, and she kind of is is happy to point fingers uh, to Mark. She even goes further as to say, "Where is it? Um, let me see if I can find it," because. Uh, yeah, she even says here, there's a flashback here when Reese and Marlene are talking. Uh, come back with her Mark or die trying. There's no third option. She's really kind of laying it to Mark. Um, and so I guess you can glean from that, that she's obviously very desperate to get Dietrich back. Um, that she's probably harboring a bit of anger towards Mark. Like this is partly his fault. Um, maybe like she knows that he can get resurrected, but... There's a lot of kind of venom in that. So, you know, or die trying. You know, she doesn't care about him at all. She just wants him to save Dietrich um, and do whatever it takes. Um, so, again, like I said, it's not like a a very straightforward relationship that they have. They do love each other, as it's kind of confirmed in the end, but it's unfortunately a, a very dysfunctional family. Um, so, yeah, um, so as well from this, Marlene and Reese kind of talk about Mark, and I found it interesting because I thought Reese was—I think she was meant to be pegged at being 16 years old, like she's she's kind of a teenager. Um, and not to say that this doesn't happen, but you know, Marlene puts it to her: um, "You like him, like you know, you're in love with him, right?" Um, and Reese says, "No, no, he, he saved a lot of people." Uh, he saved me a lot of times. Uh, but Marlene says something here, and again, I'm going to read it off the page. Marlene says to Reese, that's the thing. He saves people, everyone except himself and the people closest to him. Um, yeah, and he's got a lot of problems too. Uh, yeah, so she asked him, are you in love with him? Uh, he's hardly my type, uh, but he needs someone uh, in, in his corner. Uh, and it's funny to see that of her um, impression of Tigra. She she still describes Tigra as the snitch, although she acknowledges that um, that Tigra has stuck by Moon Knight, which is cool. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway, um, there's things here, and Marlene just I loved how she was showing her experience. Um, you know, she says here, we broke each other's hearts over the years again and again. In time, the horror outpaced the excitement. So she's kind of giving advice to Reese. Look, you might find this a thrilling lifestyle and, you know, he saved you. You're grateful. That's, that's fine. 
but you'll see in time that this is not fun and you know this is potentially horrific for you and mark is very damaging um you know there's a huge price that moon knight pays for being being a hero he kind of loses everyone around him and and that is the most tragic thing i think because uh he very much relies on his network we've said this before i mean even in volume one the mensch run he he relies on them although he's seen as a lone wolf um oh uh have a facebook user sorry i can't see your identity um please do please check this out this could be this could be dave finn i am assuming from signal of doom because he's so happy Marlene is back. Uh, <laughs> it is Dave. Somehow I knew that, Dave. Uh, but yeah, please check it out, Dave. It, this is really fun. Like I'm, Of course I'm a, a bit biased uh, because I'm a Moon Knight fan. But, you know, this solid story um, and this injection of new life that McKay gives to the lore... I'll get to it's coming um you should definitely definitely check it out uh yeah so yeah Marlene is very much um just giving her her piece to Reese um look I don't think she really even cares or is worried about Reese um she, again she's got a very complicated relationship with Marlene so uh, oh sorry with Moon Knight so uh whether or not this young girl might be infatuated with Mark, doesn't matter. Um, as I said, they both love each other. They've they've got a stronger bond. It just so happens that they can't kind of share their life together. Uh, Dave, I'm riding solo into the darkness, Dave. This is it. I am I am on a black sheet um, hurling towards a gaping moor. <laughs> um into nothingness dave into nothingness so uh before i get fully sidetracked here getting up to the big a big moment here jack russell as king of all wolves now the first kind of thing i said to myself was what the hell does that mean like what actually what has he been up to uh, and again, I was hoping anyone out there that may be listening, again, I, I appreciate it's early in the morning for US listeners, but does anyone know what, I mean, the guys over at Werewolf by Night, of course they would know. Um, I'm just wondering what happened to Jack Russell? Uh, is this, I mean, this is something that um, Jed McKay is allowed to do. I mean, obviously he is. It's a big thing because um, I would think that what with the TV show and potential release of a, a mini or even an ongoing World by Night series, which Marvel is known to do when they release a TV show, this pretty much kind of lays a foundation for um, for how Jack is, is going. I mean, he pretty much fills in the gap um, of Jack... Um, oh, God, where's the page? And, and Dave, yes... I am in the void, in the big void. Um, let me see here. He actually went through a whole series of rites and, passage, uh, and passages to... Yeah, so King of All Wolves, and this bleeds into the other aspect. Um, so Jed McKay has set up the fact that Jack Russell, he now looks very different 
Uh, it looks pretty cool here, uh, I reckon. Um, not much of a costume, but I like the brown markings on his shoulders, and I don't know exactly what they are. They might be like they might be skin pulled away because I know he's a werewolf, and I don't know werewolves under the skin, or they could be tattoos. He's got some teeth around his um, his neck, is bandaged up. He looks a bit a bit ragtag. Uh, he's got the full full blown beard and moustache and long hair, so he's really kind of like a wild man in that sense, uh, but totally different from what you'd expect um, from at least. I mean, I've read the classic Werewolf by Nights. Uh, he he looks very different here. Uh, anyway, he's actually achieved this status of uh, King of All Wolves. He read the Darkhold, this prophecy. And he fought challenges for the leadership of this. So he worked his way up the ladder. And it's mentioned here, all the packs in North America and one in the sacred rites at the conclave of the Boreal Cordillera. Um, so similar to what we've seen in the ongoing series with the vampire nations having some sort of conclave and grand meeting, it seems concurrently we have the werewolves They've got their own kind of factions and they've got their own rituals to do. And Jack Russell has worked his way up. He's proved himself in running battles with the Wendigo in the Hudson Bay Wars last winter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out references to, I'm going to say Alpha Flight because there's a Wendigo in there. Isn't there? No, there was. There, I mean, there has been Wendigos, Wolverine, that sort of stuff. Um, Wendigos are featured a lot in, in Marvel Comics. Um so yeah, he he has got hold of this prophecy, and in order to enact this prophecy, he's had to, it could only come from the king of all wolves. So he is driven, he is driven like a beat up Tirana, um, <laughs> because he uh, got that position, worked really hard to get that position. Now he's looking for Dietrus, and well, he's got Dietrus, and now he's looking for the blood of Moon Knight in order to, to fulfill this prophecy. And he's even survived the Darkhold. Like, you know, many people who read the Darkhold go insane. It can be argued that he has gone insane, you just don't know, but he did say that he, he kept his sanity. So I'm, I'm going with old Jack there. I've got a little sympathy for Jack. I don't see him as an out-and-out -out villain, so I was a little mixed with having Jack as the, the true antagonist, but there's enough humanity there from Jed McKay in writing Jack to let you know that he's not absolutely bad. So that, that's that got to be a good thing. Um, so yeah, so as I mentioned, that goes into the prophecy. Now, like, if I can, I can go through the prophecy here. So so basically, Jack's motive, he, he wants to free all the werewolves from slavery. And what I think is a masterstroke from Jed McKay is that he's now tied in lycanthropy and werewolves with Khonshu. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Underworld. Uh, if you replace Khonshu, Egyptian deity, with, say, vampires, there was kind of that in the fact that, um, in the fact that the werewolves were kind of born, so to speak, into slavery. Um, over here, they're born into slavery um, or into service of Khonshu. Uh, they're basically... Um, I assume he created them. Uh, I mean, it's mentioned he he bound them to the symbol of the moon. So um, when the moon was full, that was when they lost control of themselves and they became the shock troops in his war, as he says, to be his berserkers. So we we now have a 
a purpose for werewolves within within the Marvel Universe, or maybe these are just particular types of werewolves, but we now have a purpose. They have been born from Khonshu to act as his berserker soldiers. Uh, and, and I just, I, I like how McKay has done this, like just to tie in Khonshu with it. And not only tying it with Khonshu, but with this story, having that prophecy like integral to, you know, the motives of Jack Russell, um, the motives, uh, I mean, the motives of Conchu, uh, by, by bringing Conchu in, that sort of stuff. Um, so, as mentioned, um, Jack wants to f- be free of this slavery. Um, and the prophecy talks of killing a god, so you can only assume that he wants to kill Conchu. Now, the thing that kind of did, I, I guess, did um, make me wonder a little bit was um, towards the end, we learned that Jack wanted to just convert Dietrus. He didn't want to kill her because he didn't want to have another child killed, you know, because of a prophecy. And he refers to Tyr, um, uh, which was another reference of a run that was mentioned in the editor's note, X Factor 224. I've got to read that. But apparently he lost someone close to him, almost like a son, a werewolf son to him. So he says that, but... I've got, he wants to free the, his, his prime motive is to free the werewolves by killing Conchu. Um, so maybe, I'm just thinking this through my head. So maybe he still wants to do that, of course, but he wants to extract, I guess, the blood of Dietrich somehow to fulfill the prophecy, but not kill her. So his intent was to to fulfill the prophecy, but for Dietrich not really to kill her. Maybe do whatever, it's not really... Um, revealed what the actual details are for having Dietrich. Um, you only assume that he was going to take her blood, um, you know, sacrifice her, but he wanted to convert her into a werewolf. Um, and he said that she would end it all. So I'm not sure there's more, maybe there's more to it. Uh, it, it just got a little bit ambiguous there for me. Um, so, you know, so I'm thinking, so what, what, is the prophecy then for the offspring of a Fisakonshu to be converted to a werewolf and then kill Konshu? Was that the idea, or is this just something that he's come uh, about alongside uh, fulfilling the prophecy? I don't know. So it, it, it's a little bit vague there. So I found myself kind of wondering a little bit as to what um, what that meant. Like, and, and I understand storytelling wise, it ties into being parallel or, or um, having some significance because he he lost Tear in X Factor 224 and so he doesn't want to kill Dietrich. There's that kind of correlation there. But that, you know, that I found that um, to get to that, maybe, maybe unnecessary. Maybe he didn't need to. Um, but again, I'm sure McKay put that in place to make, to give... Um, Jack Russell a bit more of a human, a human side. Um, so yeah. So uh, anyway, that was an awesome prophecy. I thought um, so. Fair play to to McKay for for adding that in, and and I hope they run with it as well because um, you know that and just learning more about werewolves. I mean, we're talking about the conclave in um, um, Cordillera, 
Boreal Cordillera. Um, what is that? What is that all about? I love to say it. He's dropped these nice little possibilities and potential that could be uh, carried on throughout. But again, I love the connection between Conchu and the werewolves. Uh, this also kind of goes on to, I guess, my final point of aspects, Hunter's Moons, um, I guess, his issues um, are pretty quandary. I'm not even sure if that's the right word, but his, um, his choices that he has to make. Now, I, I found this very cool in the fact that, okay, so Jack Russell needs, so it, it, it distills down to the point that um, if Dietrich dies, then Jack Russell won't be able to fulfill his prophecy. Um, but, you know, if if um, Jack Russell kills Moon Knight and kind of fulfills that part of the prophecy, then Hunter's Moon will kill Dietrich because to make sure that, you know, this prophecy doesn't come into hand. The beauty of it is that the con it's also convenient in the fact that Dietrich is seen as and as Hunter's Moon says, an aberration to the fists of Conchu. To Conchu, um, they're not meant to have children. Um, so, where we go here? Uh, let me find. So, I've pulled up um, the page here when they're talking on the fire escape. Um, and so, Bader goes, there's a rough translation from the Darkhold as discovered by the fist Omari. I want to learn about Omari as well. We'll get a backstory on Omari. Uh, so, but better um, he recites from memory. He's a pretty good student. When the moon leads the skies, the blood of the fist anointed with the blood of the fist, a weapon to kill their grandsire, the moon god, forged by the king of all wolves, anointed in blood, tempered with a curse. There's more, but that's the crux of it. Actually, having said that, I think that reveals it. I think. Um, Jack Russell would then convert Dietrich to be the weapon to kill Konshu. So there you go. I mean, yeah, he's saying that he's being a bit more humane by not killing her, but he's still converting her into a monster. I mean, come on. Anyway, um, now what have we got here? Uh, the moon leading the skies refers to a planetary alignment, so one of the parameters of having this prophecy. Uh, the blood of the fist, a repetition understood to mean the kin, the issue of the fist, or a child. So the other ingredient to this recipe is a child. And finally, um, which we, by definition and decree, do not and cannot have. So this is set as a fist of conscience. So Bader doesn't think much of this prophecy at all because he knows, hey, look, none of us, none of the fists have children. So this prophecy is just bollocks. But I love it. A little bit of humor. Moon Knight pauses. You're going to want to suit up. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's... he's. And again, this, this um, reiterates how Moon Knight is kind of against the grain from normal or your typical Moon Knights. Um, so I, I like that aspect as well. Again, very clever writing, I think, from, from Jed McKay. Uh, yeah, so there's this. So he... he um, so Hunter's Moon comes to uh, it comes to the head here when he is left to to save Dietrich to find her, but you got he's got Conchu kind of saying go kill her, kill her so the prophecy can't be done can't be made and she's not meant to be she's not meant to exist. 
I, th I thought that was a really good use of Khonshu because we know that Hunter's Moon is very devout. Um, so if anyone was to listen to Khonshu or we were to get a Khonshu appearance, it would be in conversation with Hunter's Moon. So I think very smart. Um, other small incidental things as, I, as I'm kind of looking here, I loved how, uh, how Moon Knight has... Uh, <laughs> has kind of armed the the car that they ram into the lair with um, with some explosives but laced with silverware um, so that all hurts the, the uh, werewolves as they kind of like shrapnel silver shrapnel um, but yeah this awesome again talking about art this awesome look of moon knight and hunter's moon just walking through the debris um, reminds me a little bit of bad boys love it <laughs> Well, not, not so much Will Smith now. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so we get him coming up to, like, he breaks in, and here we find, he finds Dietrich, you know, who are you? And he's got the big blade. So I like that tension that creates. I mean, you know that he's not going to, well, I think he wasn't going to kill Dietrich, but it's still there because you know how devout Hunter's Moon is. Uh, you know what it means to be a Fisakonchu for Hunter's Moon, so, you know, he'd like to keep the slates clean. Um, but thankfully, he does the right thing. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, geez, that's enough for me uh, before we get into some feedback. Uh, just some other things here. Uh, some notes in the writing. I said I, I loved how Jack Russell noted that he remained sane after reading the Dark Hole Prophecy. Uh, just this law building from McKay. He's just been brilliant with Conchu and the Werewolves. Uh, yep, Jack Russell sporting a great new look from Sabatini. Um, the shots from Hunter's Moon and Moon Knight look awesome. Anime, uh, just sorry, just bear with me. Characterizations, I thought Dietrich was very good. Marlene, I, I, I think she was good as well. I mean, she kind of held that torch of being the much abused like partner in a relationship and just had enough and she now knows what she wants to do and she's very she's strong in that conviction i think that came across with her hunter's moon being very devout of course uh jack russell again anyone that knows what happened to him please let me know uh, between now and when he was last seen in marvel comics uh i just don't know oh yeah this other thing the final thing with references to other runs marlene mentions is, mentions her ex-husband eric now, I haven't verified this, so please, loonies, let me know, or I'm going to just Google it after this recording. But, um, Eric, I can't remember if in Moon Knight issue 14, I think, of the Houston run, was it 13 or 14, with uh, Tom Coker on art, when Marlene is going out with this other guy. I'm not sure if that's Eric, um, but it's definitely not Mark, and that's when they get... Um, they get accosted by muggers and Marlene gets her sister keys out and kind of uses it like Wolverine. Very bad, <laughs> um, but very kick-ass moment. I can't remember if that was Eric. Um, it might be a very big deep dive, actually, because that could... I'm just thinking off the top of my head, we could be going all the way back to, I think, Volume 1 or even before then. I do recall Marlene having dinner with someone that wasn't Mark. I have a feeling that could be Eric, too. Anyway, if anyone can let me know, that would be great. All right, I'm, I'm going to leave that here. My thoughts, you can, you've can you heard them all. I've spouted them for nearly an hour. I'm going to give this a big full moon 
so from Connishu's rating system, that is a 9 out of 10. I am unashamedly going to say that because I just love this issue. Uh, I, I love the, I, th- I thought the art was really good. It's not, it's not my thing, but I, I certainly wasn't offended by the art. I thought the art was fantastic uh, in that regards. Um, but yeah, just this world, world building, law building from McKay, the way he just masterfully interweaves it um, with Moon Knight, uh, traditional classic Moon Knight lore, the use of classic characters like Marlene um, and legacy characters like Dietrich. I mean, she's the daughter of Mark. Uh, she's very new. And I mentioned she, she came about in the Bemis run, so not that long. But being the daughter, you know, she's a big, a big uh, support cast member in the Moon Knight world. Nine out of ten, I cannot give it enough praise. So. Having said all that, I'll catch you at the other side of the break and we'll go through some um, quotation marks, some loony feedbacks. Catch you very soon. Hi, this is Phil and I'm here to make sure you know all about the Capes and Lunatics Patreon. Don't miss out on all new episodes of Wade's World, Boob Windows and Long Boxes, our hard R movie reviews, and so much more. All completely uncensored. Access starts for as little as $1 a month. Full videos when you pledge $3 a month. Check us out at the link in all of our show notes or just go straight to patreon.com slash capesandlunatics. Hope to see you there. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Welcome back, loony listeners. This is... Episode 308, you're with your high priest of country, Ray. Good day. Hang on, let me finish the last of my wine here. Ah, live stream. Makes it all better. Anyway, have some feedback here. Thank you so much for everyone that's dropped in the line. And here's what you have to say about the Moon Knight Annual Volume 3, Issue 1. Homecoming. So the first bit, uh, there's a whole heap here from Facebook, our Facebook group, so thank you very much. Uh, Phil Perich, um, producer, host, co-host to many shows from Capes and Lunatics. Big shout out to Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics sidekicks. Phil says, I've been loving Jed's run on the series, but I'm happy we finally got an update and got to see Marlene and Dietrich. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, um, <clears throat> it was a pleasant surprise. I did not expect it. Absolutely loved it. I was expecting like a classic tale of uh, Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight. I don't know, maybe like a, yeah, as I said, like a homage to, um, to you know, 1975. I don't know. But Jed really pulled something out of the hat. And I really, really did enjoy it. Uh, so thank you, Phil. Uh, another loony here, Derek Scott Plummer says, overall, really solid. My only real complaint is that I definitely missed Alessandro Capuccio on art. Some panels were hard to follow and I really did not like the one panel showing Jake with the mask off. Uh, he looked 
just really goofy. <laughs> uh, seriously, Derek, I did not read your comments. This is the first time I'm reading the comments. Uh, yes, so Derek, absolutely, you and me both. I love the story, though. Hunter's Moon was so good, but the conversation with Reese and Marlene is the highlight. I felt it was very strong as well, hence it was part of my aspects as well. Uh, as a young dad, I really felt for Mark in those last couple pages as well. Ah, uh, Derek, a oh, nice one. Um, we have a papa in the house here. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, look, uh, um, it's weird, and look, I don't, I don't want to be like preachy or anything like that, but it, it's so true. Like when you do have like a kid, um, it really does change the way you see things. I think it does something weird to to men. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe it is me. But like, you get these emotional cues in in movies and and what you read, just hit so much harder, especially when it's to do with with family. Like, um, the live stream. I'm going to confess now. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, I never would have before, but I've cried a couple of times now watching some disney sh disney movies that i i watch with finn my son um it's just they really pull at your emotional heartstrings uh for some of it and before you know when i was a youngin i didn't really care uh, but now because i don't know you have like a, a little person uh in your life and it kind of it really does change you that's all i'm gonna say that's that's i guess that's what i'm trying to say it just changes you so I totally agree with you derek um, so thank you. Um, thank you for saying that as well. Uh, I got that too with the end. Um, it's such a hard thing that Marlene and Dietrich has to, they have to be separated from Mark. I mean, that's a hard thing. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a superhero story for that to happen in real life. That That's a tragedy. I guess that was one of the themes I did um put in my notes one of the themes for this issue is tragedy and unfortunately tragedy follows mark around like anything um so the most tragic i think is with his family so again thank you derek uh another one here from patroni jonathan sapsard and and jonathan says i really enjoyed this great cover from rod reyes i totally agree sabatini's angular art gets better each time here the contrast between the two fists and with the wolves made great scenes. McKay's story was entertaining, although we never really thought Jack Russell or Badder were going to kill Dietrich. And uh, the way the whole thing was resolved with Dietrich being the grown-up was funny, but kind of a cop-out. Also, would Marlene really be so cold? Maybe. But as as an annual with some older, neglected characters, this hit the mark. Yeah, Jonathan, you, you some great points there as well. I, I forgot to mention it, but... I felt the same too. Um, it just feels a bit hard to say cop out, but I just felt that, you know, oh, they all ran out of time. So everyone stopped fighting. You know, everything is meaningless now if you try and keep on fighting. It did seem like it was a little bit anticlimactic, I think, in that sense. Um, not enough to really derail my thoughts on the issue, on the annual. But yeah, that did stick out for me. It was kind of like, oh, is that it? I like the way that you said it, Jonathan, that it actually showed Dietrich as being the grown-up. And she actually called time out. I, I love how Dietrich is almost uh, uh, unaware of, you know, the danger. 
She's she's almost like made of Teflon. She doesn't care. Like even kidnapped by a werewolf, who cares? Look, I'm gonna call you Jack, Mr. Jack, whatever. Um, I just like I like her um her sensibility. It's very entertaining. But yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, loved your your comments there. I w- uh, yeah, I I think Marlene. Um, uh, you've got it questioning. You know, was she really so cold? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think she would be. I think she'd be hardened. Um, having had a long-term relationship with Mark. So, uh, yeah, I, I think her voice was kind of spot on. Uh, it picked up exactly where she kind of left off. So thanks for that. Uh, once again, uh, Mario Digicomo or Digicom, another valued Petroni. Thank you, Mario. Mario says, I pretty much agree about the art. Unmasked Jake looked weird. Again, another one. Um and totally agree. Uh, the dynamics of how Conchu and the Dark Old interact with the werewolf curse is a bit muddy, unless a K-Man is a lot older than he appears, uh, which has been hinted before. Uh, but I like how recent events have positioned the fists in a horror milieu. Uh, milieu. Uh, we've had vampires, mummies, and now werewolves. I've read some interesting discussions about how, despite Mark fearing people, only liked Stephen and Jake. Uh, Marlene makes it clear that she loves all three of them, even if Mark does hide behind his mask in front of her. But MVP of the issue has to be Dietrich. Her sass stole the show. She's clearly inherited the Spectre Snark trademark. Uh, thank you, Mario. Yeah, absolutely agree uh, with that. Dietrich, um, she's got a very strong personality, and it showed in the two scenes that, well, the two main scenes that she had uh, with Jack Russell. And at the end, with her diffusing the fight, um, yeah, a, a bit muddy. Uh, be keen to know what you mean by that uh, as well. Maybe that was what I had kind of alluded to, uh, but I've, I think I've come to some sort of logic, um, as my past comments had mentioned. Uh, but no, thank you, Mario. Would love to, um, yeah, hear your thoughts on that as well. And I love this whole kind of horror, horror element. I love how Conchu's injected into it as well. Um, it's all horror, isn't it? I mean, even Stained Glass Scarlet had this kind of horror, like she's a story. Um, she's really just, she's elevated to some sort of godhood. I love that mixed with the deities. It's really good. Uh, going on, Charlie Esser, again from Capes and Lunatics, a fantastic network and podcast sh- uh, show. Capes and Lunatics, Capes and Lunatic Sidekicks. Uh, Charlie says, My biggest question is where can I pick up Jack's long adventure to be the king of all wolves? I mean, it sounds awesome reading the Dark Old Fighting Wendigos, plural. An entire werewolf culture sounds like fun. Absolutely, Charlie. Um, I'd Again, I'd love to. As I said, Jed McKay drops in these potentials you know, that could be expanded even further. Um, the bold stroke, I thought, was was imparting that kind of law on Jack Russell because I would have thought the TV show, he might have been a little less um, likely to, you know, be given such a broad, a big swing um, of of law that Jed McKay had given. I thought that maybe editors would have said, okay, well, since we've got the TV show, we've got to kind of make it, Similar-ish, you know, which Marvel have been known to do. But anyway, Charlie, totally on board as well. Please, Marvel, would love more uh, elaboration on the werewolf side of things. The final one from Facebook is from Noel, Papa Noel Tate. Hey, Noel, hope you are going well. 
with little Arlo and hope the fam is doing well, of course. Uh, Noel says, quickly, not a lot of time to review this beast as Arlo was keeping Daddy up till 4 a.m. you got to love parenthood. Uh, love the story. Not wild, like an animal, about the art. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, Sabatini isn't everyone's cup of tea, but um, glad to hear that you enjoyed it. It was a very strong uh, annual. I mean, uh, the death of Mark Spector, I think I really enjoyed as well. Um, I'm not sure if it was an annual or it was a one-shot, but um, Silent Night, that Christmas one, was one of my, it's got to be one of my favourites too. Uh, so Moon Knight annuals or one-shots, uh, the track record's looking good. But thank you, Noel. Uh, now we've got another one from Twitter, uh, Foursky, so at a Foursky underscore K. Uh, they mention it's great to see Mark's family reunion. The panel that Mark and Marlene, uh, the panel showing Mark and Marlene both recalling their fathers is very touching. Thank you, Jed. Can't blame Marlene for taking the child away. She was right as a mother. Being um, Moon Knight means violent blood and death, and there's no room for children. In this regard, Conchu is right. In a fist of Conchu, cannot have descendants. Yeah, good point as well. Maybe that's something to protect, you know protect the innocence really because they do protect innocence um, however i hope in the future mark can visit dietrich and her mother perhaps in the identity as stephen or jake as a disguise for safety after all mark loves to travel and hunter's moon can take his work for a while ah uh, yes lol i love that idea uh, for sky as well mark does love to travel i wish we get a little bit more international jet setting i mean i love that component of moon knight and for sure hunter's moon can certainly take on the role while moon knight is away or can he i mean after issue 16 what the hell's happened to poor dr batter the human pincushion we'll have to figure out later but thank you so much for sky for dropping your thoughts on twitter and finally just a short and sweet one on instagram aspect of conchu says my lcs only had the variant but to be honest i kind of want that one and uh, i can't blame you as well that's a very beautiful cover uh, by nick klein i'm assuming if you're talking about that if you're talking about the sinkevich one the one to 25 then i am jelly because <laughs> um, I'd love to one day get a 1 to 25, but they are a bit too expensive for me. Maybe not. Maybe they are. Well, loonies, that pretty much wraps it. Um, thank you so much for for listening, for tuning in. Hopefully, just the one voice has not sent you to sleep. I do have a mutant ability to send people to sleep with the sound of my voice. It's not the best when you're a bod podcaster. I, I realize that, but hey, I was given this gift. So uh, anyway, hopefully you're still awake. Have that cup of coffee um, and I don't know, get those matchsticks in your eyelids, under your eyelids. Um, Spectacle, I, I just want to shout out a bit of shameless plugging. I want to shout out a couple of shows that I've been on. Uh, new show, Predator and Prey. I'm sporting the the hunters of the universe, my Hotu clan, me, Justin and Russell. Uh, we've got a new show. We've just released episode three. Uh, we go through Ed Brisson's Predator comic book series. We go through the anthology novel, which is an awesome read, um, uh, which um, we go through three chapters. 
this is a monthly show, and then we review Predator movies. So we we got up to we were up to Predator Two from nineteen ninety. Oh, listen to it if you can. If you're a Predator fan, it's oh so much fun. Anyway, Predator and Prey. I'll put the link in the show notes, as well as uh, the episode two hundred for the Ultimate Spider Cast. So, Phil, uh, who I mentioned earlier in the in the comments, Lilith. Uh, his co-host Dave, who sent in a couple of live comments in the show just then, uh, and myself, we talk about Craven's Last Hunt, which we've already talked about it a couple of times, but I'd never, never lose interest in talking about it. It's a lot of fun, especially with those guys, so check it out as well. Uh, next phase, episode 309, it's going to be a waxing gibbous. I've already checked the moon phases, so a waxing gibbous. I always take the Saturday night moon of the week uh, so that generally covers you know we may drop the show not on the saturday but it's it's always based on the saturday night moon so the waxing gibbous is on next week it's an other side of the moon which means it's it's still yet to be determined but it's um a body of work or an issue from an ex moon knight creator whether it be a writer or an artist so what it could be another jed mckay issue it could be iron cat strange just off the top of my head maybe even magic his other um his other series uh could be charlie houston i thought would be probably topical uh in the sense that i know that he did a werewolf by night mini series uh so charlie houston's werewolf by night would be pretty cool uh there's also bun colin bun jeff lemire um, i might actually put it up for poll for the patrons for the patronies uh, let us know what you would like covered like which creator uh and we'll pick from there um hopefully i'll grab a co-host give my old vocals a bit of a rest um, but keep your eyes peeled out on our social media platforms once again a huge thank you to our patronies uh those listed as co-producers and executive producers or just any of the loonies thank you so much a huge thanks to odin daniel drew frank justin Derek wayne josh anthony russell Michael, Mario, Matthew, Jonathan, and now, of course, Dan. Thank you so much, Dan, for jumping on. Uh, you too can become a patroni. Check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Yes, it, I realize it is the end of October. I haven't got a bonus episode for October yet, but I'm hoping early November. So don't worry, there'll be two bonus episodes in November. Just have run out of time. Life in general, just got some, you know, some family um, commitments and all that, so... Hopefully, uh, we can set something up. We will soon. Uh, and, yeah, Patronis, Patreon members, you'll be privy to all that. Uh, once again, big sponsors by Odin Odinsword. Check out his Drinking Marvel podcast. Frank, the Think Tank Dukes. Please check out I Want to Fight It podcast. It's awesome with his nephew, Pablo Candy Bar. So much fun. I'm going to listen to it tonight. Uh, Fringe Night by Daniel Doing. Daniel's been sending me awesome photos of his cosplay. Daniel is a fantastic cosplayer. He's got a 3D printer. He can print out an awesome Moon Knight suit. I've seen it right in time for Halloween. Uh, and uh, you can support him on patreon.com slash fringenight27. Then we have the awesome Drew Tombs, the irrepressible. Check out his music on soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z or lurk music with a ck.bandcamp.com on bandcamp also as well clz comics go to collectors.com for all your needs database needs i've updated oh god i'm ordering a lot 
I, I, I just love picking, like picking little bargains. I've constantly ordering little comic books, um, potential trades and some Omnis as well. Ray's having fun, let's just say that. Um, but go check them out. That's a great way of keeping track of all your orders. That's what I'm saying. Uh, finally, also Dreamland Comics. You can use the code MOON and you get 20% off their store. Uh, and finally, The Collective. Fantastic shows. I'm going to shout out a few of them here. They're, they're really good. Um, Inner Demons, Brian, Biggie. So, Brian, I've got to get some feedback to you. Some ghostwriter feedback to you. Yes, Sim, Dave from Signal of Doom, and Phil and Charlie from uh, Capes and Lunatics. Fantastic shows there. Um, oh, I always forget this on the video. Uh, so, so big credits. Um, yes, there, there you all are, except for Dan. I've got to update that now. And uh, you can you can email us and feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got a website, just there it is. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the likes of YouTube and Podchaser. And incidentally, if you want to leave a review on Podchaser or on Apple or on Spotify or on Google, please do so. It helps us improve the show and expand the show to those potential loonies out there. Alrighty, loonies. Uh, that's it for me. I am out of here. Thank you so much. Uh, and as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.